Hey guys, and welcome back to the most bizarre show on the internet. And if you're a first-timer, thanks for coming. I'm Shane. I'm Oren, and unfortunately Jenny couldn't join us tonight, but she'll be back on our next episode. Before we get into the show, got to run through the other front-of-the-house stuff real quick, so... Uh, if any of you guys out there want to share your encounters, uh, or if you're a researcher out there who uh, wants to share what you're working on, please uh, contact us. Reach out to us at bizarreencounters at outlook.com. You can reach out to us at Bizarre Encounters on Instagram, or uh, you know, send us a text, send us an email. We'll read it on the air if you want, or we'll just keep it for our own research if you don't want us to share it with the world. But please feel free to reach out to us. Uh, we love hearing all y'all's Bizarre Encounters. And if you guys shoot us an email for whatever reason, it seems to go to spam when we reply. So we always reply to everybody. So just make sure you keep an eye on your spam or junk folder so that our message doesn't get lost. But if you guys don't mind reviewing the show, definitely appreciate it. Um, Five-star reviews are always the best, of course, because that kind of helps us promote and you know get seen by other people. Uh, another good way of doing that, of course, is just by word of mouth sharing with a friend. That's also an awesome way to do it, and we definitely appreciate it. Uh, if you guys want to... If you guys want updates on the show, uh, you can follow us on social media. There you'll get updates on anything new going on, any new episodes dropping, all that awesome stuff. Uh, have co awesome conversations with us. And uh, if you want to have some awesome conversations with some more like-minded people, we also do have a Telegram and a Discord set up. Uh, we're currently still building those up, so hang on tight with us for a little bit. But any of you guys hopping in and joining and helping out with the conversation is definitely going to help out and help get that to where we're trying to get it to go. And... Uh, if you guys want to support the show, uh, you can always go over to the Patreon. Uh, there you will get early access to stuff. You'll also get access to live episodes of the show. And uh, recently I just started doing something called the live replay, which is if you aren't able to make it to the lives, uh, hopefully the night of, I will be dropping the raw video of the episode. So it's almost like you guys can check out the live, but it doesn't necessarily have to be exactly when the live is happening. Um, if you guys want to support the show by wearing some of our awesome logos and getting the name out there, you guys can go and check out the Open Minds Media merch store. Uh, there you'll find logo shirts for Bizarre Encounters. You'll find stuff for Bite Size Bizarreties, uh, along with all the other Open Minds Media stuff that I do. Um, if you guys want to get yourself some awesome cryptid gear and awesome alien slash paranormal gear, uh, go and check out Crypto Theology. Joe's always killing it over there with the designs. He's always adding new stuff and uh, always expanding. So keep an eye out over there. And uh, if you guys want to find anything that we've mentioned in this intro, you can go and check out the link tree. I'm not going to drop it now because I'm sure you guys don't want to hear me spat off a bunch of letters. So go and check it out in the show description. And uh, 
follow the trail, I guess. Tonight's guest is John John from Dark Explorers Paranormal. He has a long family history of weirdness, and he has been a paranormal investigator for over 25 years, primarily focusing on residential cases. He studied demonology and actually performed multiple exorcisms. John John also studies Hispanic folklore and cryptids, uh, so I'm super excited to learn more about that tonight. Uh, he was previously a guest on Shane, of Shane's on um, episode 71 on Inquiries of Our Reality, but this is the first time he's joined us here on Bizarre Encounters. So, John John, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for joining us. Not a problem. How's everything going? Good, good. Absolute pleasure to have you on this side of the show, because uh, I had you on Inquiries of Our Reality, of course, but I figured that yeah. a lot of your stories and encounters would be an mm -hmm. awesome fit for Bizarre Encounters. So, absolute pleasure to have you on the show, man. Not a problem. Good to be back on, well, on this one. Pretty awesome. But uh, I guess to get rolling a little bit, um, why don't you kind of give the people kind of a rough idea about uh, like your paranormal investigation team and uh, any kind of projects that you're currently working on? All right. So uh, the, the unfounded, the uh, Darkest Wars Paranormal. Uh, also been a, per uh, a paranormal, a personal investigator, <laughs> a paranormal investigator for about 26 years. Uh, well, going on 26 years. Uh, and I have a long family history of, you know, on both sides of my family when it comes to that, you know, being curanderos, being, you know, working with dark magic, white magic, you know, all that type of stuff. So it it's mainly in our blood, so to speak. So when I actually say, you know, that I was born into this type of stuff, I'm, I'm literally was born into this stuff. I grew up, you know, just watching and hearing and seeing all these things going around around me. And to me, I just like, hey, this is just normal. You know, and to find out that it wasn't normal, I was just kind of like, okay, well, this is like a, we're like the Anna family, so to speak. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I mean, we've had, we've had a long family history of, of all this. And now um, I have three kids of my own and, you know, they're starting to get to see the other side of things too, because, you know, growing up, it was very well hidden, you know, within the family and we wouldn't really talk about it or anything like that. And it's almost like hush, hush, but now that I'm doing this more and it's, you know, social media is out there, all this other stuff. So, you know, I have to kind of teach them and try to teach them what, you know, the ways of our family, but you know, they're all teenagers and, you know, teenagers don't really like to listen so much. And, <laughs> you know, when they get into their twenties or thirties, they'll, they'll come and ask more questions. But, you know, right now it's just kind of like getting them to, to understand, you know, where they come from. Kind of getting the framework going a bit. Oh yeah. Oh Yeah. Uh, but on top of that, you know, um, been a professional photographer for almost 22 years and art show production and all that other stuff for almost 15. So, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that I used to do. <laughs> so, uh, in the course of all of your different investigations, uh, what is some of the most, uh, interesting things that you've come in contact with, uh, be it supernatural, cryptid, uh, UFO, whatever, uh, what, what are some of like the most fascinating things that you've encountered and explored yourself? Well, as far as like um, our most recent stuff, uh, as far as doing research, um, it's it's a little bit it's a little bit um, we're, we're we're starting to kind of move away from the the paranormal a little bit, and actually starting to get into more of the research, you know, of of what energies are, all this other stuff, and you know, um, trying to have another definition of what is going on. You know, with that being said, you know, there's, I've come across where, let's just say when I was working a case in the panhandle, uh, it turned out 
to be something very unexplained simply because we went out there for, you know, what our clients was saying, Hey, I got something going on in my house, went to the house. Um, immediately we started getting like readings on our rim pods and all this other stuff. EMF, EMF were, were spiking all the way up. And then the, finally the client tells me, it's like, yeah, there's, there's also weird lights that happened in that quarry. That's over here to the left. And you're like, okay. So, you know, being who I am, I'm just going to jump the fence real quick and go see what's going on. <laughs> um, jump the fence, went over there and like, it was like almost like a, a small little pond that was just drained, you know, and it had full of rocks. So walked in there and I just started getting this, um, this weird feeling in the area. And then, you know, I just was like, you know, what? I'm just going to do a quick prayer here and see what happens. And like, as soon as I started doing the prayer, it was like a whirlwind was just like going around me, you know, and then within that whirlwind, you can kind of see these little dark figures, probably no, t- I mean, no taller than my, you know, I, I want to say probably about two, three feet tall. And they were small and oh, they were wow. just like running around in circles. And I was like, what the hell is that? Even the dog that was with me, he was growling and barking. And then he decided like, nope. So he yelped and then took off back home. And I was just like, okay, I don't know what's going on, but I stopped. Um, went back up to the house and I was like, you know what? I'm going to put up my outdoor camera. So I put one there towards the field. I put one towards the driveway, put one towards the house. Um, later on that night, we went back inside the, the house and whatever was whatever was in there didn't like us being there and it was like a christmas tree because all of our rim pods and everything was going off all at once so i was like you know what i'm gonna go get the holy water went back into the room and threw some holy water and when i threw it you could hear on the on the spirit box it just going just growling at me and it was like it burns it burns and we have no idea what was going on so i was like okay this is weird because there's nothing really demonic in the house they had no signatures of it anyways all that was done we blessed the house all this other stuff i finally get back home Two days later, I'm like reviewing all this evidence, and on a, one of my trail cameras that was pointed towards like the um, the driveway in the sky, you could see on the and I have to get this. I have to, but the the footage is not that good because the trail camera is like kind of crappy. It's like one of the first ones that I had, but in the sky you can see how it was like it looked like a triangle. It started from left to right into the middle, and you could see it just you know multi, just blinking, and then out of nowhere this shadow looking figure comes out of the ground and it's like probably around 10 to foot 12 foot tall and you can see it's like weird headdress and then it has like a big horns like a ram's horns coming out and then it just disappears and i was like what in the world did we just encounter over there because still still to this day um I, i i still wonder about that one you know it was just it was just odd but yeah, I, I haven't encountered anything since like that, you know, since then. But that was very unique in itself, you know, just being there. So in that case, uh, did you get the impression that what you experienced was something kind of ghost paranormal related? But that, I mean, it kind of seems like that could have almost been more of an extraterrestrial type situation as well, as far as like the triangular I- craft and the orbs and you know, small figures and whatnot. I'm just uh, was kind of curious kind of what your impressions of what you think those entities or energies that you experienced actually were. I mean, I left that, I mean, I didn't leave that case. I did leave that case, like just scratching my head. Um, mm-hmm. Actually just looking at the evidence and stuff like that later on, 
you know, I just was like, you know what? I think we came in contact or came into something more alien than, you know, what we're usually dealing with, you know? So we contacted a friend of ours and oddly enough, he never got back to me about that stuff now that I remember, but I sent him some of the evidence and stuff like that. And, you know, he was at that time, he was working on a case in Oklahoma where this lady was like losing time and she would wake up with like radiation burns on her side. And she had no, and she was just like missing like two hours, three hours or something like that. So I really don't know what happened to that. But I mean, from 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 the stuff that I have experienced in the paranormal versus that, that's like a whole nother category of just like, okay, this is like totally something that we're not used to, you know, so it sounds abduction related more than anything, especially yeah. with the radiation burn. And uh, when it comes yeah. to that specific area where you were seeing the lights in the sky <coughs> and then the things coming from the ground, um, I kind of wonder sometimes there's like a mix between all of these different things that people haven't quite fully figured out yet. And yeah. I kind of wonder if it's a matter of like the extraterrestrials have just as much of an interest in the paranormal phenomenon as humans. And maybe mm-hmm. when there's weird experiences like this, it could have been when they were trying to do some research into something like that. And when it comes to the holy water in particular, I kind of wonder if you're hitting whatever the paranormal aspect was of that, or if it has to do with, uh, you know, a lot of the time when people have like alien encounters and things, they talk about how they'll like pray to Jesus and different things like that. And it seems to get them to kind of be at bay. One thing in the back of my head that I kind of wonder is if it's almost like they're kind of just playing into it. Like, all right, this human's had enough. Let's just kind of leave them alone. So they're kind of like, oh no, it burns. Like just kind of trying to leave it alone. (laughs) Yeah, and that's funny because I do it for provoking, prep, uh, you know, to do it as a provoker, you know, so I don't actually like, okay, I want to get down because I'm scared. No, I'm trying to see where I am at, you know, with it when I start you know, doing a prayer, you know, to see how its reaction is as opposed to like trying to get it away, you know, so I'm just kind of welcome, welcoming the challenge and, you know, let's see what's happening, you know, but that's why I do, you know, the prayer for that part, you know, especially these types of cases and stuff like that which you know a lot of people just don't see the dangers in that you know but i've encountered the dangers i've seen the dangers i mean stuff has happened to me of course too you know so i kind of know where what's going to happen next if you keep pushing that type of stuff but i mean you know in that in that particular case i was just like okay my interest is peaked so i'm going to see what happens if i do this you know so i saw that so (laughs) it was it was it was pretty crazy but yeah on that part. So in that case, um, I heard you mention that uh, all of your electronics were going off. That seems to be like another hallmark of a lot of like UFO type cases where electronics malfunction or these kind of things, you know, mess with magnetic fields and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of an idea that me and Shane have been toying with a little bit is this idea that maybe these entities can present themselves as something else. So do you think it's possible that maybe it was some sort of paranormal entity that was just presenting itself maybe as an extraterrestrial or vice versa? Yeah. I mean, I have a, I have a thought that maybe these things are one in the same as opposed to like being different, you know, just mm-hmm. because of the manipulation that's going on, you know, um, it's, it's higher things that, that we're working with and working against, um, as I mean, even in, even as far as demonic and stuff like that, and you know, yeah. it, the dealing with fallen angels, stuff like that, and it's almost kind of like 
they're almost in the same sense in the same realm in the same dimension you know but exactly we we haven't really figured out what makes them different in 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 all in all categories you know but dealing with this already for so many years i'm coming to the senses of like maybe these things are like one and the same you know i agree with you 100% and you know i think a lot of the the misunderstandings in this boils down to language. I mean, cause one person's demon could be another person's alien. One person's angel could be, you know, so I think, you know, if in the past people looked at these things through a very, you know, Judeo Christian framework, yeah. if something weird happens, you're automatically going to go to angels or demons. Whereas now I think people tend to, look at things a little more broadly. So no, I think you're absolutely right. I think all these things are much more interconnected than we understand at all at this point. And I think, um, you know, work like you're doing is really important to figuring out what those connections are. Yeah. I mean, it can get, it can get very shady and very scary if you're not used to this type of stuff, you know, I mean, which is why when we go to like haunted, popular haunted locations, we're not very jumpy at all because of the shit that we've already seen. I'm kind of like, this is more for fun than anything else. <laughs> you know, I really don't matter. You know, when you have somebody, when you have some going into somebody's house, and I think I told Shane this, you know, our last one that we, we did an interview with, like when we actually go to a house and somebody is physically pulling out a gun, pulling out a knife, that type of stuff, that's when you, you know, that's when you're, you're, you're really scared because of, you don't know what people what's going on in their minds, what's going on in their homes, where they have stuff, you know, what's really going on there, the whole, the whole danger of that, you know? So dealing with the haunted location, like, okay, <laughs> I'm just there to get the cool photos and maybe see what's going on and just explore, you know, but the other things I'm just kind of like, nah, I'm not worried about it. <laughs> more scared of the people than the ghosts. I'm more scared of the people than the ghosts. So, I mean, shit. I mean, just Especially as now, throw in another theory on it too you know they say that everything's a matter of perception in the aspect of like everybody's taking in the world visually different than other people are you know like you could say that this color is orange to you somebody else knows that color as orange but theoretically both of you people could be seeing a totally different color but both of you associate it with orange because you've always been told that that's orange so going yeah. into the kind of the idea of like perception um, like, what if these things necessar don't necessarily have a physical presence and they don't necessarily, like, project a physical presence, but it's just a matter of, like, what you perceive it as. So, when you go to a haunted location, you're expecting to see something haunted, so that's where your mindset and your perception's at, so then you're seeing something like that. And then if you go to the woods, you're expecting to see something that's, like, cryptid-related more often than not. So, it could all be yeah. the same thing. And it's not so much that they're projecting something. It's just that there's something beyond our method of comprehension. So, we just mm -hmm. put our own image that's in our head over it. And it doesn't mean that they look anything like that necessarily. Yeah. It's almost like a copy, you know, click and copy type of thing, drag and copy. Mm -hmm. like, like, yeah, it belongs here. So, we're just going to do that for right now. You know, and that's, and that's a lot of and that's a lot of what uh, a lot of people are going to hate me, but a lot of, a lot of people in the, in the paranormal community, that's what goes, that's what's going on right now. You know, they're, they use a lot of the word investigator and researcher when they truly are not. It's just like, Oh, you know, I like the word researcher behind our name. I'm like that, like, that sounds cool. I'm like, no, <laughs> it's like ghost hunter. That's what you need needs to be, you know, but, to actually do research, to actually do an investigation, you really have to think outside the box 
of what's actually going on and not just like you said, you know, put in, okay, insert here and that's what's going on. You know, dealing with uh, residentials like what we were talking about earlier, I mean, you really have to think outside the box because you're dealing with so many personalities and so many people and so many backgrounds. You just, I mean, you never know what you're walking into. You know, it's, it's, it's almost like a piece of land that's, you know, had tribes on it, then had a civil war on it, then had somebody else on it, then there's somebody else's families on there now. And it's like all those things are just meshing together and it's just a big pot of just whatever the hell is going on, you know, and you're just like, okay, I'm just going to go in there, but there's ghosts here. Okay, cool. Well, your investigation part should, you know, you should really think outside the box. What's going on? What's causing this? Um, what was what was on the land before that? Was the land sacred? Was it sacred at one time? Was there a big war? I mean, you, there's a lot of things there that just people just don't really want to work hard at and really figure it out as opposed to just like, yeah, there's ghosts here and they don't like you. So let's just get some evidence and leave it. <laughs> So kind of piggybacking off of that point, uh, what is it in your opinion that makes these locations haunted? Do you think that, uh, you know, it could be certain places where the energy is just right for things like this to happen and the veil's thinner? Or do you think it could be a situation, you know, like we traditionally think of where a murder happened here? Uh, What's your opinion on that? Because I've kind of uh, run across a lot of research here lately uh, mm-hmm. talking about the idea that things might not be haunted in the traditional aspect that we think of. And it could have more to do with like energies and places where the yeah. veil is thinner and these things can more easily come through. Just to piggyback sure, I mean, off of that too, I've even thrown in this idea about like a location being conscious and like trapping other consciousness there rather than it being like one specific person died in this location and now they're here. It's the location itself was conscious and like grabbed onto them and like replays their image as in an aspect. And it's not that that person is physically attached there anymore, but the consciousness in that location is able to like use their image. Yeah. Yeah, so like on locations, so let's give you a little bit of insight about what we do. So as we go to say a commercial property contacts us, there's a lot of stuff going on. So we actually do the investigative and research part on figuring out what minerals or anything like that, metals are in the in the land itself. You know, where does it sit on, on the geographical, um, you know, on the maps and all that other stuff and really try to figure out what is actually going on there. And then we start building up from that. Once we start building up from that and I say, okay, well, on top of all this, there used to be, you know, a tribe here. There used to be a war here or whatever it is. So if there's anything like a big massacre or anything like that, that uh, was so bad, it left an imprint on the land, which imprints will leave energy and all that other stuff. And depending on the person or whatever is on there now if a person is like super sensitive and their energy is just out there i mean it's going to create more energy there already you know so some people actually don't know but they can actually reignite the energies that were there and cause hauntings to start all over again or even amplify it as as they as they continue to live there you know so i mean like once again it's it's it's, it's very um hard to just actually just sit back and just be like yeah it's, it's only this and this and this but it's, it's it's harder just to go at and actually do the research and actually really figure out you know what's going on because you actually have to have you know 
some sort of like educational background to really understand the mapping, understand the mapping of the soil. What does this mean? What does that mean? You know, here's the, here's all the, the, the geographical mapping. Where does it sit on the plates and all this other stuff? And all that really does come into play on what is actually happening on, on land itself, you know? So, and just mother nature can amplify stuff, you know, on its own, you know, which we're, can't really talk to you about because I signed an NDA about it, but it's something that we are doing in our new research, you know, research studies. So, you know, once once that is completed, then we can always go and come on here and talk about it again. <laughs> I would love to have you back on to talk about that because I've been very into this whole concept of like elemental spirits playing a big factor in a lot of these like woods or land hauntings. So yeah. I, just, uh, you know, without giving away too much information, I'm just curious if uh, elementals is a factor in your current research that you're doing. I mean, so elementals are spirits of the land, you know, so that is, I mean, some people, some tribes, some people used to believe that they were here to guard the land itself from either getting wrecked on, built on, whatever it is, they're there to protect it. Um, elemental spirits, um, it, it almost plays like in the same hand as the, as the folklores and stuff like that, you know? Uh, so it, some people just completely do not believe in elementals at all. And that's just nonsense. And you got some people who fully aware of them, like spirit animals and all this other stuff. They all come from that whole thing. You know, I'm kind of like on the border of it, you know, I'm just like sitting in the middle, like, yes, I do believe in those. And I do believe, but I don't really believe in that part. <laughs> so, like, you know, I'm still kind of stuck in the middle, but it's like the more research that we are conducting, and, you know, falling into that whole NDA thing, I'm, you know, I'm starting to believe that this is more of what's going on in the land as opposed to, you know, what's a uh, spirit that's that's there in, in the trees or whatever and stuff like that. So, you know, that's just my opinion on that part. <laughs> but once again, you know, once we get over with this whole research study, then I'm able to talk about it more. So we go a little bit more in depth just don't want to get sued. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's really interesting. And I like what you said about how almost like these things can be dormant and then a certain individual comes along that can mm -hmm. kind of unlock and um, start this activity back up again. Um, and I've been doing some reading about uh, as far as like liminality and things like that and how mm -hmm. a lot of hauntings seem to happen around, you know, girls that are going through puberty or people that are in very um, unsettled situations. So do you think that could have anything to do with like, um, yeah, I can tell you like a lot of the, a lot of the, our, our residential cases that deal with a lot of, uh, I don't want to say negative spirits, but like poultry guys and stuff like that. They actually have either a girl who is going through some type of puberty going in there, or they have um, a dad and then, a mom and then three other girls that are in the house and then that chaos energy is just there because I don't want to say anything about women, but you know, their energies are just like all over the place. And, you know, especially when they're going through their, through their things, you know, it's, it causes a lot of stuff to happen. Now with that, now throw in somebody who has abilities that even gets a little bit more crazier because they can actually manifest their own ghosts. They can manifest their own shadow people. They can manifest a lot of things. You know, the the human in itself um, is still undiscovered, but it's it it can do a lot of things that we're just not aware of right now. 
You know, I mean, working, we can move things with our mind. Who knows what else we can do? But, you know, just, just putting that into perspective of what a haunting is when you have that much, you know, energy into it and it's all chaos and all this other stuff. You got a, you know, a 12 year old and a 15 year old and a 17 year old and plus the mom, you know, you're just like, okay, (laughs) that's a lot of energy right there, you know, but yeah, it's, it, I do believe that, you know, once I, once I know, once I, once I know that a case has, you know, a little girl involved in it, I'm kind of like, okay, this is what's going to happen. And we really need to prepare for like a talk as opposed (laughs) to like doing an investigation, you know, because once we settle that part down, you'd be surprised on how many of the cases just pretty much disappear because we, we were, we were able to just like, you know, put, put it down and be like, okay, this is where it's going to go. You know, on this point for the with the families and that's and they're they're grateful as far as like, yeah, there's nothing in here, but at the same time it's just like, yeah, your your daughters are going through some stuff right now and they're I mean, everybody has abilities, no matter what you say. Everybody has some sort of thing going on with them. You know. It's a and everybody has different levels of those sensitivities and for women in, in general who are going through that, I mean, their abilities just, and they're in, and they're, I don't want to say their powers, but, but along those lines, it just amplifies everything, you know, everything, you know? So yeah. Kind of going off of that and hopefully it doesn't uh, interfere with some of the research that you're doing, but if, like an area is dormant, so to speak. It's almost like, like imagine like an electronic. And then when people come, it's almost like the battery, right? But there's different yeah. variations of batteries, of course. So if you're getting into like the land, theoretically, if it's like some kind of elemental spirit or something, do you think it's a matter of also like lining up the right thing in the right place? Like say there's like a, like a water, water elemental in this particular area. And somebody is like a, like a, like a water sign or has like a connection with like water. Do you think that that kind of would like super amplify it or even just in the aspect of kind of bringing it away from like the land itself. But if uh, like somebody's negative in the emotion of like depression or negative in the motion of anger and whatever that spirit is that resides there, if it's like main component of energy is from one of those particular things, do you think it has to like, it almost gets like supercharged if it's able to find exactly like what force it's trying to work with. Yeah. I mean, and that goes for all, I guess kind of goes for all elements too. I mean, but yeah, it does amplify, especially if that person is really wanting to connect with that elemental or whatever it may be. Um, it, it can amplify it. And, and in some cases, you know, they, they can form attachments, you know, which is where we deal with stuff, you know, um, it all goes hand in hand, you know, depending on your, how do you say, uh, the word just literally just, just left my mind here. But, um, if, if that person wants to connect with it and be one with it, you know, it can surely amplify something, you know, either in the ground or I mean, in the house or wherever it may be, you know, I mean, if somebody wants to do that, I mean, it's, it's a possibility and it's a big possibility. You know, we've dealt with cases like that before, you know, especially here in central Texas where, you know, there's a lot of groundbreaking. There's a lot of things going on here, you know, and, and I-35 is literally right down the middle. And, you know, when you have that much energy coming from the highway and everything else is being cracked open and being released and you got towns here that are underground and all that, I mean, underwater and stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's only a matter of time, you know, and somebody who's really wanting to connect with something. I mean, it's, it's pretty easy to, 
You know, no nobody's going to stop you from doing going out there and doing a ritual to want to want to connect with a with a water elemental <laughs> or a fire elemental or anything like that. You know, but it's all there's a there's a word the intention. It's the intention behind what you're trying to do. You know, so it it can cause a lot of problems for people. You know, if, if they're just not safe and they're not careful about it. Kind of going with that. So each particular like element usually has like emotions that are kind of like tied with it, right? So yeah. if there is theoretically like an elemental in an area that has has something to do with the land that maybe we're like relating it to like a Native American burial ground, but it actually has something more to do with like an elemental. Um, if you're feeding one emotion into it, do you think that that might kind of like hijack it into a particular direction? Meaning that like, you know, if there, there's like a good, there's good emotions that go with each particular element and then there's negative emotions that go with each particular element. So if you're in that area and you're projecting positive emotions, you're almost feeding the elemental spirit in that area with a positive emotion. So it's doing positive and good things. But if you come into it and you have bad intentions and you're feeding well, into like the anger of like a fire element, then that's all it's going to have. Cause that's the only energy it's taking in. And then you're going to be dealing with an angry, uh, elemental well, yeah. spirit most of these things do just, they don't want to be disturbed regardless if you're trying to do it for good energy or bad energy, whatever it is. They're there to keep the land sacred. They're there to keep the land safe. If you're out and the land has already been broken by new houses, new apartments or whatever it is, or you dug up something that was not supposed to be dug up, you're already, <laughs> you're already setting it on fire, so to speak. So, I mean, the, and it's like I said, intentions, it's all about the intentions, but, Regardless of what you say, I mean, not you say, but regardless of what you think about them trying to do that, the energy that's there is already there to protect what it's there solely to protect, which is the land. You know, so if you're conjuring up something to say, hey, I want to mount peace in the world, it's going to be like, yeah, not really. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm here to just keep this part safe. Um, I haven't ran, I have, I personally haven't ran into anything that's that, that is acting as good that doesn't want something back in return, you know, and they'll, they'll hold their part of the deal as long as you give them what they want, what you, what you, you know, what you, whatever you made the deal for, you know? So that's, that's a lot of things that I just try to get people to understand on that part. Like whatever it is that you're trying to conjure, communicate with, whatever it is, some of these things are very legalistic and they will stay true to what they say and stay true to what you agree to give them. And if you don't, they'll come back for you. It's tenfold, you know. So, um, I, I mean, like I said, elementals. I'm kind of just leaving that on the on the half and half right now because of the things that I've the things that we are researching. You know, I'm just kind of like, okay, there's more to be said about an imprint versus more of what's in the land itself. You know, so that's that's where I kind of put my flag and you know i'm i'm more i'm leaning more something to, leaning more on towards that something happened on the land as opposed to what's inside the land itself you know but inside the land itself the rocks all this other stuff the ground what type of soil all this other stuff that does have a factor in what's what could be going on so uh john john i was just gonna ask you um like percentage wise how many cases would you say that you've investigated kind of do boil down to you know this person that had this attachment or manifested something or was in this liminal state versus the percentage of cases where it's like something truly strange going on. Because um, I've heard a lot here recently th about this idea that, you know, people can be haunted as well as 
actual locations. And just kind of from what you're saying, it kind of sounds like a lot of the, the cases you investigate can be boiled down to yeah. a person more so than a, a demon or a ghost or whatever yeah. you want to call it at that point. Yeah. There's, I mean, so when we come down to, when it comes down to people, so what you're talking about is what I will call a curse. So it's either an ancestral curse or a generational curse, but that is, that is, I wouldn't say that's, that's why a person is haunted, but it's because of something, I mean, it technically is, but I would call that more of a curse, you know, that, that was handed down from the family and all this other stuff. And it just, that stream of bad luck just stayed with you because of what's happening. Now we have encountered a lot of that, um, more so because there's a lot of people who come from England and stuff like that. And, you know, back then they did a lot of witch trials and all this other stuff and they dealt with that type of stuff. So that, that can create, you know, a chain link from family member to family member to family member. And it just stays that way. Um, it can be broken, but it takes a lot of time, a lot of prayer and stuff like that. And, and once again, you know, that falls underneath if you truly believe, and what, you know, the prayer can do for you. You know, most people are just like, yeah, you know, I'm just going to live with it. If I, if I have bad luck, <laughs> I have bad luck. And that's the way it is. Um, <clears throat> as far as like the people going like an individual, um, once again, so everybody has an ability, you know, like I said before, um, everybody, everybody, you know, has one. It's just the height of their sensitivity on, you know, where it is and all that other stuff. But, you know, everybody's like, well, I don't have that. I'm like, yeah, you do. Because, like, if for some reason you're driving down the road and something tells you to turn left, that's your ability. You know, it's it's not like to, you people rely to like, oh, it's a gut feeling. But, yeah, it's an ability in itself telling you turn left because there, there's something going on up front. You need to turn now. You know, so it's just the, the height of sensitivity. Now, for people and, it, and, you know, it seems like a higher percentage of people who are going through a hard time understanding the ability. Oh, shoot. Somebody just fell outside. I don't know what that was. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I heard like a big loud crash out there. Um, but they seem to be between their mid thirties and mid forties along that area. You know, it's, it's like where the ability has gotten so overwhelming for them that they turned to like drugs and they turned to other things because they don't know how to shut it down. So everything is coming at them and, they think, oh shit, I'm, I'm haunted. You know, this is what's happening to me. And realistically, it's not, you know, it's just some people's sensitivities are just super high. They just don't know how to control it. And, you know, back then, cause it's so popular now as far as paranormal, but back then, you know, it was taboo talking about paranormal, talking about ghosts, talking about witches and everybody looked at you crazy, you know, not everybody embraced you back then, you know? So it was just like talking, talking about it back then. It was just like, I don't know who to talk to about this. So what do they do? You know, they, they, they went to other other places and did it in other ways to just drown out the voices, drown out the feelings and all the other stuff. And next thing you know, you know, Susie from Lubbock is calling me because now these things are telling her to fuck off and all the I'm not sure if I can, <laughs> I can cuss on, on there, but, you know, telling her to commit suicide and all this other stuff. But, you know, it's just they get so overwhelmed by it that they don't know what to do. So, you know, and it is a thing where, like when we come in, we sit there and talk with them and let them know like, hey, we've been through this too. So it's okay. You're not crazy. You're not going through anything like that. It, you know, it is, it is something that we can actually get down 
with them and, and talk about it and actually try to figure it out together. You know, we still even have contact with old clients and stuff like that and just still kind of coach them what's going on. You know, yeah, yeah, this is this is different to all this other stuff. You're going to feel different things. Um, things may amplify because now you're 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 actually clarifying what's going on with you as far as abilities are concerned. So, you know, uh, it's a, it's just like a a big uh, AA meeting, so to speak, for for <laughs> people with abilities when they get through that type of stuff. So, yeah. So, um, kind of going back cool. to the curse thing. <clears throat> one thing that I've been kind of curious about lately is consciousness not being as we perceive it. Like we call, we say things aren't conscious because we may not understand how they're conscious, if that makes any sense. So when it comes to curses, do you feel that they're more of like an inanimate thing or do you think that there's actually some tor- some type of like consciousness to them and like the things that they do, but they're just not something that we have like an understanding of being able to have like a thought process because it doesn't have like a physical form. Well, um, as far as the curses, you know, I do believe that it's, it's something that it knows what it's doing, you know? So let's go back to the entity. So at some place in some time, somebody had made some type of pact with whatever it is. Um, they know that it's there to collect whatever they was promised. So once that person has not fulfilled that, they move on to the next family member. Next family member doesn't know what's going on, all this other stuff. So it breaks them down. So that way you can get what it, what it wants and what it needs. Comes down <laughs> and gets what it needs. So there, therefore it knows what is going on. They know what, what, uh, what it needs to be done. So that way you can get its side of the contract there that was dealt with. You know, so we do we do believe that it is, you know, something that is intelligent as far as, you know, those curses are concerned, you know, and most people don't even realize it and stuff like that when they have like money problems or or anything like that. But it's it, it has a way to break you down so that way it can get its side like I like I just talked about, you know, so I do believe that I do believe that it, it, it is it is intelligent enough to get you there. All right, so uh, kind of shifting gears, John. John, um, I know you know a lot about the uh, kind of Mexican folklore and cryptids and whatnot. Uh, have you ever had any firsthand experiences with any cryptids? And if so, kind of what's your most memorable story? The well, let's let's, let's talk about. Um, well, I don't know if it was a cryptid or not, but it was a weird. It was a weird experience. So it had to do with the um, I forgot what the Spanish word for it, but it's a black dog with red eyes. Um, we seen that in a, in a place called Rockdale. You know, a lot of people might know it here, but uh, Rockdale, Texas. Um, pretty much it was my, myself, my sister, and her boyfriend at the time. Now, we were doing some dumb things. So in the Mexican tradition of you're outside in the middle of the night and you start whistling, that kind of attracts the thing we call lechusa, which is the witch. So if you're out there in the middle of the night and you're whistling for it, it start whistling back. And the more it whistles back to you, you know, the closer it gets. So we were doing that as teenagers. And then we started walking to these baseball fields that were just completely empty, no lights, no nothing. And then all of a sudden we started seeing this figure coming out of the shadows. And it was like a big black dog, probably about, about three or four feet high, tall. I mean, um, we all got scared. So we started throwing these big chunks of, of rocks at it. And literally it was going through the dog and we were just like, what in the world is this thing? And then it's red eyes kind of shined a little bit more and it was coming closer. And you know, when the dogs, when dogs are 
a big cat or whatever crouches down and starts walking towards you you know it, it was it was exactly like that and i was like oh my gosh what is this and we took off and took off running back to the house and we told my dad and i forgot what i forgot what name he told me but he was like what were you doing i was like we were out there and you know whistling for la chusa and he just got really upset about that he's like don't you be doing that and you don't know what's going on out there and this place is known for this type of stuff and yeah that was like that was like my first time encountering something like that um you got anything no okay so um my other one would be um where was this at i want to say it was somewhere in the oh my gosh the one in bartlett oh yeah the one in bartlett went that's kind of like well yeah that is so like uh the one in bartlett texas um i was investigating uh, an alleyway there and um during my evp sessions i had this um EVP come through one of the speakers saying, you know, it's a Santa Muerte, you know, which a lot of people know that, but well, I guess the Mexican people know that because a lot of the, a lot of the drug dealers pray to that for safe passage so that way they don't get caught and all that other stuff. So it, just picture um, Mary, but skeleton with the Grim Reaper and that's the Santa Muerte um, was out there and investigating. And this person was telling me that they were seeing these weird shadows all on the rooftops and all this other stuff. And okay, I'm gonna go out there and check it out. Went out there and I was like in the middle of probably like two or three in the morning when I was out there. And when I caught that Santa Muerte, I looked up and two blocks down, I saw this weird shadow figure that was probably around maybe 12 to 15 foot tall. And I was like, what in the world is this thing? So I took off after it anyways, went down the way down there finally get there and I, I stopped and I just started looking around and then this thing started whistling. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, what's this? And I decided to whistle back. And then as I whistled, it got louder and I was like, okay, well keep trying it and whistled again. And next thing you know, I hear this like big crash on the, on the, on not a big crash, but it sounded like a big thump over there across the street. So I went that way and there was like nothing there, but I was just like, what in the world was this? Was this like a Latusa? What is this thing that I just seen? Or, and, and heard, so I don't I don't know exactly what that was, but that was a pretty cool moment, I guess. <laughs> well, that's interesting to me because it kind of seems like this idea of whistling comes up a lot in different kind of folklore, and even with like uh, you know Bigfoot reports and stuff, people say you know don't whistle in the woods, and even going back to like fairy lore and whatnot, like whistling yeah. seems to be like a recurring thing in a lot yeah. of these different folklore. So that was really interesting. I thought. Um, and also, you know, you were talking about that dog type figure having red eyes. That's another thing mm -hmm. that seems to pop up time and time that's again in these kind of kind of uh, sightings and stories. So I think that's really cool. So thank you for sharing uh, both of those yeah. stories. The, the one I've been, the one I want to really go after is La Yarona, you know, which is the lady who is crying near the rivers and all that other stuff. You know, I, I haven't encountered it, but my dad told me a story that he did, um, that he was swimming over here in the San Gabriel River over here um, just by himself. And one day he heard like this woman crying and he swam out of the swam out of the, the river, went to his car and he started looking around and he had saw this woman on the other side of the river, just kind of just like crying and, and screaming and stuff like that. You know, but, you know, my, my dad's gone. But, you know, this was when he was like, man in the what 50s 60s or something like that 
you know, when he was a teenager. So, I mean, I mean, he has, he has a lot of crazy stories, uh, as far as like that was, I mean, he even told me about, um, a graveyard here in this area where, uh, his dad had told him that the way that these, uh, people used to, uh, rob and kill people for like money. And once they, once they, once they got it, they would go bury it in the ground and then kill the horse and then put the horse on top of it. But before that, they would have the horse run around on it. So whoever would find the, the, the treasure or so to speak, once they start digging it, they would hear like a horse running back and forth on it. And it would scare the people um, from even trying to find that type of like treasure and stuff like that and the money and all these other things. Um, it almost sounds so. like that paranormal imprint kind of a concept, right? Yeah. Like we were talking about earlier, you know, so I mean, I haven't, I haven't seen, man, I haven't seen a majority of these, but like, these are the ones, those are the type of things I actually want to go out and, and look for once we're done with our research. <laughs> I actually want to go look out for this type of stuff. You know, there's not too many people who want to go and encounter, you know, this type of folklore because we really don't know if it's like something truthful, like Bigfoot, you know, we don't know if it's like truthful or is it something just people made up, you know, just to keep, you know, kids away from the rivers and all this other stuff. So I really want I really want to go check it out. You know, just do it for myself and see what's out there. So, uh, pulling back into the Lachusa thing, um, mm-hmm. I've heard of a lot of stories recently about mainly Texas and like the southern states uh, having sightings of Lachusa. Now, for people that aren't familiar with it, it's like a like a witch slash owl type creature. But uh, mm-hmm. at least from like your words and from like your background, like how would you exactly describe the Lachusa for people that aren't familiar with it? And like, what's kind of like the backstory of the Lachusa? Well, the, the whole backstory is, well, don't really know too much about the backstory. I just know that witches from Mexico, the whole folklore of that is they would transform into this big owl. Now, traditionally, the owl would be like the big the big white one um, with the big black eyes. That would be the traditional one that, that a lot of people say that they witness and see and stuff like that. Now, um, it is believed, too, that you know, you go out in the middle of the woods where they actually host the rituals and stuff like that. And you go out there and start whistling for it and it whistles back. And then, you know, it, it kind of, and then my dad used to say uh, that they will come down and whip you with, um, I forgot what it was. It was like a long strand of like hair or whatever it was that they would take from these people that they would kill and all these other things for, you know, for their, for their rituals. And they would whip you with that and it would, take your blood and all this other stuff. So, you know, there was like a lot of these things that, that, that kind of goes into that. Um, it almost sounds had, like a Mexican version of like the skinwalker kind of a concept, but yeah. it's just a different animal of choice that they turn yeah, into. Just, yeah. Just a different animal, you know? So, I mean, and you know, one of the, I don't know too sure my family will want, want me to talk about this, but um, I'm just going to put it out there anyways. But like the day that my father had died, um, because of the stuff that he used to do and all this other stuff. Cause he, I'm kind of following in his footsteps. So he used to a lot, he used to work with a lot of people as well and removing entities, removing demonic stuff from, from them. And he used to do a lot of exorcisms. So when he had passed, um, uh, probably about two days later, we were all here at the house and all of a sudden we were just like hearing owls all over the house, all over the place. And I finally come outside and there's like, four owls sitting on the power lines behind us. There's like five owls sitting on the power lines behind, I mean, in front of us. 
and they're just all hooing, you know, out there whistling, all this other stuff. And I finally, my mom gets scared, all this other stuff. And I get in to my house and I go and get my, my holy water and I start saying prayers out loud. And they all just left their power lines and were just circling around our house all this time, all that entire time. And then they finally just leave. Then the year later on my dad's anniversary when he had passed, same thing happened again. They were all out there, same same five and the same three behind our house, you know, and I did the prayer again and they did the same thing again, just flying all over the house and then they just left, you know. So my mom said it was the the witches that my dad used to pray against whenever he would get rid of these these things off of these people, you know, so I'm a big believer in that because I've, I've seen those. I mean, I, I, I mean, I've, I'm the one that prayed, you know, to get rid of them from the house. So, you know, I've never seen owls act like that. You know, I don't know if anybody else has, but if you have, then, you know, let me know. Cause that was a very strange, very strange thing that happened, you know, both times, you know, so yeah, that kind of left me a little bit shaky cause you know, I haven't talked about that, you know, so. Well, thank you for sharing thank the you story. So much for, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And, uh, you know, it seems like owls are another thing that pop up a lot of times in various paranormal accounts, you know, even like alien abduction stories, yeah. you know, there's a component of, you know, I saw a big owl or something like that. So mm-hmm. it seems to me that that's another one of these archetypes that just, you know, repeatedly keeps showing up in these type of cases. So yeah. I think that's, that's really cool that you experience. Well, uh, I'm sorry that you had to go through that, but it, it's yeah. a, it's a cool story. I think. Yeah, I haven't found anything as far as like alien wise that that's associated with the owl lately. I mean, well, not lately, but I haven't. But the only one that I have associated with is the Lachusa, you know. So that was that was an, quite an event that happened there. So that was more than enough for me. But I mean, <laughs> if I if I ever run into one, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be scared to not run from it. I mean, I'm just gonna, I'm really going to see what's going on there. <laughs> she might have another way of thing, and she may want to pick off and not really deal with it. But yeah, that's just my. So, um, for people that aren't familiar with, uh, like the whole aspect of chupacabras having two different sides to them, there's like the Puerto Rican chupacabras, which are more like alien related. Seemingly, they have like the mm-hmm. the spines on their back. They walk bipedal, and they kind of have like a different demeanor and look to them. And then you go into yeah. like South America slash like Texas area, and then you have the more like dog like chupacabras. So. Has your family had any experience with anything that may have been a chupacabra and kind of dating back that it didn't seem to become really like a popular thing until like the 90s? So is there like a different thing that may be getting confused as a chupacabra? Um, Maybe even like these the black dogs like you were talking about, maybe that may have some kind of tie into it. But like what's kind of like your your view and maybe possible encounters with like the South American chupacabras? I mean, I, I've heard the differences between that because there's even differences between uh, the traditional Mexican Yarona versus the one that's in El Salvador and all those other stuff. So everybody has their different type of versions, you know, but I have not encountered a chupacabra. Um, but from what I've heard from people from down south, they, they say they look like like dogs who have mane and I mean, is it mane or mage? Mane. Mange. Um, and look very just sickly. Um now, from I, I gathered this from my, my aunt who had told me that my great-great-grandma 
supposedly caught a chupacabra and used its blood to break a curse from somebody from Mexico. <laughs> so like, like, okay, that, that was like my own, that's like my only weird story, but she didn't really go into too much detail because she was a kid at the time too. You know, so I just thought that that was like, that's a weird. And like, you know, she caught a, she caught a chupacabra to take his blood and then, you know, to break a curse, you know? So I was just like, okay, I want I, I wish I had some type of like book or something like that. That kind of just tells me like, Hey, this is what you need to break this type of curse. You need Chupacabra's <laughs> blood. <laughs> so, so, so that way I can actually research that stuff. <laughs> when it comes into like these multiple things that kind of pop up in different areas, uh, I kind of wonder mm -hmm. if it's an aspect of one that people will kind of like hear a story and kind of make their own variation of it. Or two, mm -hmm. which is the thing that I kind of hope and kind of side with is the fact that there's just certain events that'll happen that are dramatic enough that they will create the same result every single time. So rather than it being like a story that gets recycled through different areas, it's more so a matter of like what led up to that happening that makes it so that these things are similar. It's just like the scenario that built up to it. Like what, what's kind of your take on that? Okay. Well, I mean, as far as like, as far as that is concerned, I mean, I would say the classic one would be demons. You know, a lot of people think that it's it's this and it's really not, you know, that at all, you know, but it could be some of the worst situations that they are going through. And right away, they associate it with something demonic, you know, then when we go in, we know the science to look for. And it's just, you know, it's just not that, you know, it, it may be something very like we were discussing over, you know, when you had those abilities and it's just so overwhelming, you know, they associated with like, Oh my God, it's telling me to kill myself. And it's telling me this and it's telling me that. And then all of a sudden they think it's a demon and it's not, it's, it's something, something else that's going on there, you know, that, that, that person is going through, but that would be, that would be the most classic case. And the, and the one that we see the most is that, you know, where somebody's like, I'm dealing with something demonic and you go in there and it's like, no, this, it's not that. It's your wires that are just like giving off high readings that making you do think that way, you know. So that is the, I don't want to say a majority, but that is like one of the, the high percentage of the cases that we get is just that, you know. That's that's one of the biggest things. Do you think that gives them almost like an ego boot or an ego boost, where they can almost be stronger because you're like giving them more power, saying that there's something stronger than they are? So they're sitting there like, oh yeah, I yeah, am strong. I mean, so they're gonna try more stuff on you. It even does that. I mean, you, you see that all day on fucking TikTok and YouTube and shit like that. When a paranormal team's in there and it says demon and just their reactions alone, you're like, oh, my God. You know, right away, they want to pull an Aaron, you know, oh, my God. And, and then they gives it that power because of the fear and because of everything else. And then they, that little fairy is just like, yeah, I got these dudes, you know, so it's 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 nothing like that at all. <laughs> Something truly demonic, you know, I mean. I don't think a regular person could really truly stand and hold its ground when it's something that demonic, you know, I mean, I don't think more than half of these people uh, ever seen something truly that evil, you know? So, I mean, that's a big misconception as well. Okay. So I don't know a whole lot about like the Mexican or, um, Hispanic folklore, but something I have come across a couple times, and uh, you'll have to forgive me, I don't have the name of them right off the top of my head, but uh, these Mexican uh, like fairies or troll type creatures that are like little, uh, you know, black hairy beings. I've heard them a lot of times. Like, I haven't um, heard them being 
the the little black or hairy ones. But my mom and my grandma are always the ones that say that these they call them the bow, the borrowers, so to speak. So they would come into your home and steal stuff, and things are just missing and things like that. And it's there. I think uh, from my from my grandma's perspective, they were more annoying than anything else. You know, so almost like kind of tricksters type. Yeah, situation more, more so than something benevolent. Yeah, and I I personally never seen them. My grandma up and swore up and down that she sees them, seen seen them all the time. You know, but. Every, I mean, there was a reason why we didn't like to be in her house every time we came to visit. Right. Yes. It was just like there, her house was just filled with so many things in there. We didn't want to be in there very long. But I So mean, do you think it's possible that whatever those entities are could have some sort of connection to like the European fairy lore and, you know, where yeah. all these Maybe even Puckwudgies. They sound pretty yeah, similar to like Puckwudgies as far as like, a, you know, Americans go. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean like, like I said, everybody has their their different definitions and what they look like but it's pretty pretty much all the same thing you know so i mean like my mom i don't know why that she would call them the borrowers but you know they would never return the things back so I, don't know she called them the- <laughs> I guess borrowers rolls off the tongue yeah. a little better than yeah, the stealers. Be, but- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but my grandma would always say i mean she would always see him oh yeah i saw that so-and-so took this and she had some kind of name for it too. I, I couldn't remember anyways, but I mean, they were all over the yard, all over in her house, you know? So, I mean, like I said, it could have been a, a scare tactic, you know, just to make <laughs> us, you know, behave more, but she would always say, yeah, that they came the last something, something came and took the, these took this and all this other stuff. Oh, you're missing money. It's because of this. And, you know, or just break something from inside the house or whatever it may be kind of like those little the little gremlins when they were breaking the mm-hmm. car in the movies <laughs> something like that so yeah so um kind of going back into some more stuff that you may have seen or experienced when you were a kid um what are, what's some more different like aspects of like mexican folklore that may not be like common knowledge that a lot of people know about because i'm always fascinated in finding new little creatures to dive into uh let me see here sorry or not even necessarily little but yeah, you could also be big creatures <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'm trying to think here because, um, well, let's just say the one of the things that we we kind of grew up with was the um, oh my gosh, I can't really remember what it's called, um, but it would uh, man, I can't remember what it's called, and it was like a lot, it was like a long time ago when I was told this, um, yeah, but I mean seeing how I have a brain fart here, but yeah, some of the, some of the stuff, you know, we grew up with, you know, a lot of the stuff came from, from Mexico and my grandma was from Mexico and stuff like that, you know? So a lot of those stories, you know, came back from, from there. Um, Lachusa, but the Lachusa was like one of the biggest ones. I mean, my dad had a story of when he was growing up, they lived in a house in, oh my gosh, I think in the panhandle or something like that. Uh, of Texas and these were the they were all kids and they lived in a house where it was almost like a circled house and they had like a big uh, pillar in the middle whatever it was but you know they could just run in circles so he had told me that one day they were all playing tag or something like that and my dad's has a big family I mean he has I think it was like probably like six or no no seven or eight brothers and sisters so they had a big large family in that house um then one day 
one of my, they were playing tag and my uncle was screaming or something like that. And my dad came around and this thing had my uncle up by its feet, dragging him out of, you know, out of the living room into a wall. So his feet were going into the wall. So like all his, all my, my dad's brothers and sisters were holding my uncle uh, Sean by his arms and trying to pull him back into the house while this thing was pulling him back out of the house through the wall. My dad gets, my dad gets there and um, goes outside and he sees like some luchusas and they were like flying in the air and he goes out there and he starts throwing rocks. By that time, my uncle, my, my great, not my uncle, but my, my dad's dad comes out out of the, I guess they had like an outhouse, an outhouse or something like that. He comes out and he starts seeing them. He goes inside and he comes out with like some uh, uh, rope or something like that. And he started saying prayers. Now, as he started saying prayers, they start, they start coming down. And then <laughs> now this is all my grandpa's story. So, <laughs> and then my dad told me, so I don't know how truthful it is or anything like that, but this is what he told me that he started saying prayers with that rope. And he's, as soon as he came down, he was able to grab one of them and start whipping them, whipping them with, you know, that lasso or whatever it was until they released uh, his son, which is my uncle, my uncle Sean, um, there was like three of them at that time, but that was like, that's like one of the, the scarier stories as far as them growing up, you know, what happened to my uncle and my, my, and my, my aunts and my uncles, you know, so that's, <laughs> that's like one of the biggest ones, you know, that's, that stick with me as far as like my dad's stories are concerned and stuff like that. But as, as far as me, I mean, there hasn't really been something that I have seen, you know, wholeheartedly as far as you know but besides like you know the stuff i already mentioned but you know i'm i i'm willing and able to when i am ready to go and look out for these things i'm gonna take pack up my bags and just go find these things because that's that's ultimately that's what i want to do i want to go check that out i want to go see for myself what's really out there on that part so uh kind of two questions pertaining well one one question pertaining to that story and then one kind of leading into another thing So that thing that was pulling him through the wall, assumably Mm -hmm. when it comes to witches, they have like different spells where they can almost like create like a, like a temporary, like consciousness that can do things for them. So that thing that was pulling him through the wall, is that linked to another piece of folklore or is that like a, like a power that the Lachusas have where they can almost have like a, like a big enforcer that comes and does stuff for them. And then the other part that's a side kind of question coming off of that is I've always been completely fascinated with Sasquatch lore. And I was curious if there was any like Sasquatch lore in Mexico. Uh, I don't, that part, I don't know. Uh, as far as Sasquatch lore in Mexico, um, that's something I might have to look into further just to, just to see if that's, that's, that's true or not. Um, but as far as, as the Lechusa, I mean, it's, it's, it's either a power or something that they have, commanded to do its bidding so to speak um was it almost like a shadow person from like the description yeah yeah something like that so like a lot of these people who who um get attachments and and well i don't want to say attachments but a lot of these people who do witchcraft and all those other stuff they get created you know by the intent and then on top of that you know there goes the whole deal thing that you got to do what i ask now from because you i've done i've done what you asked me to do you know so they automatically start becoming the the thing that that the servant so to speak so they have to go take care of this stuff you know so but back then i mean from what my dad had was describing it it looked 
well, he said it was like almost invisible, like something invisible was pulling him out towards, you know, going through the wall. So it wasn't like going through a window or the door. It was actually going through the wall. It was pulling him through the wall, you know, so that that has to be some type of like power or something like that, you know, something that once again that we don't know, you know, especially from back then, you know, it's like that was like from the, you know, the, the probably late 40s, 50s or something like that when they were kids, you know, my dad was alive today. He would probably be like, but close to 80. So, I mean, uh, I mean, it was way back then, you know, so I, I always find it intriguing about those type of stories because it always, it always seemed like they showed themselves more back then than they do now, because it's almost like, it's almost like, yeah, it's out here, but yeah, we're not going to show face. And it's almost like every time I hear somebody's story from back then, it was almost like they're literally standing in front of them and what's going on is just almost like oh yeah i seen this and he was sitting right in front of me and it had horns and it had this and it had that and i'm like what in the world man maybe maybe now it's like everybody's like trying to record them instead of trying to be scared and it's just like i don't understand that's what i was going to say maybe they're aware Mm -hmm. of the fact that people have cameras and things now so they purposely will try to be more more choosy about how they do things even like people committing crimes back in the day you know everybody masks up everybody covers up if they're going to commit a crime now because they know there's cameras everywhere but back in the day if you were theoretically going to murder somebody as long as nobody else saw your face you weren't worried about covering up your face (laughs) yeah pretty much pretty much yeah so i mean like a lot of a lot of the a lot of the stuff, you know, that my dad would tell me, you know, it was, it would almost seem like they were literally be right there in front of everybody. Even the, even that, uh, the story from San Antonio with the, with the woman who was dancing with the devil, you know, the whole story was she went to a nightclub back in the, what is it? The sixties or something like that, maybe seventies. And she was dancing with this guy who was like all in a white suit and, everybody started like looking at him and just pointing and all this other stuff. And even though he had the, the top half of was a man, the bottom half was like a goat, you know, had goat's feet and everything like that. And, you know, for, for that type of thing to happen and everybody seeing it, you know, it's, it's pretty crazy just to, just to think about, but compared to what's going on now, I mean, where are these stories at? Like, it's just like way out there. Just to even think about. I mean, even pertaining to like specifically things like that, where they we kind of would would, t- would view that as like demon related, just because of the aspect of like what we're force fed as far as like what a demon looks like. But when you kind of like date yeah. back into things, then you go into things like uh, like Pan or like Krumpus. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like it's more so like like a different race of beings and not demon related. Mm-hmm. It's something completely different altogether. Maybe something more earthbound than anything is kind of what I take it as, especially with like the folklore about them being more like pagan related. But then we, as you know, as, as a society uh, started to demonize paganism. And one of the ways in order to do that is you start taking these like pagan entities and start putting the demonic name on them. And then they kind of fills into yeah. what you're kind of making them to be. Yeah. I mean, I think it, I think they present themselves and how they want you to how they want to be seen to, to you, you know. Because we get a lot of descriptions of people who say they see they see things and all this other stuff, and it's coming to them as this. Um, there's some little details that kind of just stay together with that characteristic of that entity, so to speak. But everything else has changed. You know, either the clothing, the way it looks, the certain amount of horns, whatever it is. There's, there's always something that kind of stays with 
that characteristic of that of that entity, so to speak. But you know, we, so it's we almost like these archetypes are kind of updating themselves for the current age, almost like there's these very yeah. specific things as far as maybe the horns or whatnot. I mean, but throughout yeah, I the mean, years, they kind of grow and evolve, maybe. Yeah, I mean, you have to think too. I mean, they're evolving with times, you know, with with everything, like you just said. You know, so a lot of these things may, you know, back then they would have portrayed themselves as, I don't know, maybe like a two, two horned devil, whatever it is. But nowadays it's like completely something different, you know, um, going into the whole genre of movies now. I mean, things may come into forms of, you know, whatever you're, you're associating evil with, you know, and that it comes to you as that instead of something else, what it mm-hmm. truly is, you know, so it's, it's kind of, they're kind of updating I mean, you're dealing, we're dealing, if you're talking like something truly demonic, you know, they are aware of technology. They are aware of what you're trying to do, you know, so they're not going to make themselves present like right then and there. They're just, they're going to do other things to show themselves. It may be, it may not be something big. Uh, it may be something very small, but they're, they're still putting that pebble there, you know, but like, like, like you said, I mean, they're just updating. <laughs> going going with the time, so to speak. It could be There's a matter of a mask. Like I said earlier in the show too, about the aspect of like they could well, what they look like could be fully perceived by you individually. So whatever you choose that it's gonna look like, and of course, like you're a person now versus like the fifties, like your idea of like what something looks like is totally different than somebody back then. And it may not be yeah. them choosing what they look like, but it's more so like that's what your brain is perceiving them as because it doesn't know how to register, perceive it for what it actually is. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, it's like that thing that you said about the woods, you know, you go in there expecting this thing to be in the woods and that's automatically what you're going to associate it with. So, you know, that's what you're kind of dealing with when, when something like that comes along, you know, you associate it like, Oh yeah, it's going to have the big horns. It's going to look crazy. It's going to have this, it's going to have that. Cause you're already, prone to know and and it's it's already engraved and you know into your mind like that's what it's supposed to look like you know so and half the time it doesn't even look like that (laughs) so uh kind of getting into the tail end then john john um is there any other uh stories or family experiences that uh you're you'd like to share as far as like mexican folklore goes mexican folklore stuff so i mean a lot just a lot of the my family you know they they dabbled in that so you know, I, I kind of, like I told you before, I, I kind of grew up into that and just kind of understanding it without really knowing what was going on, you know. So a lot of the stories, like my the first time that I ever seen a shadow person, you know, to me it was just normal, but it was just like, that's odd, you know. But thinking about it now, I was like, oh, well, shit, that didn't really happened to me. <laughs> you know, I mean, I was probably like, shoot, man, probably like 13 maybe something like that. When I first, when I, I little, now the weird thing about it was like, it almost looked alienish. That's the weird thing about it. Cause like I lived in a, in a, in, in my hometown, which Lebanon, Oregon. And I woke up around, shoot, I think it was like two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning. Cause I heard voices, uh, I get out of my bedroom and I kind of look over into the, into the corner and I see this long skinny type of shadow and it had like it had almost had like a two like a like a big head on it, and it was talking to the exact same thing that was there, and they were both sitting in the living room, just right there to each other, and the whole language and everything just seemed weird because it almost sounded like they were talking backwards, but it had a, like a different dialect to it, and I got 
really scared and I went back into my living room and I told my dad um, and my mom the next day and the only thing that he did was just like he grabbed some holy water and just blessed the house and stuff like that and that's all I ever heard of it you know but that, that was like my, my first time seeing that um, the Lachusa thing I mean we used to camp in Oregon all the time you know, so <laughs> we did things, you know, you weren't supposed to do like whistling and all the other stuff just to see what's going on out there, you know, and we would do that and things would whistle back, you know, but we're, we're literally, you know, up in, the, in, in Yellowstone, you know, just calling witches, whistling and all that other stuff. And yeah, we would, we would hear stuff back, but man, I, I've never seen anything like, like I did with the, with the owls here at my house, you know, when my dad had passed, you know, so that was, that had to be the most, uh, Thing that, that, that kind of just stuck with me you know throughout this whole thing you know but my journey and what i want to do is is actually go and find out you know more about it you know i want to know what cultures believe in what you know where is this where are the sightings at where is this what are these people doing to call upon it so to speak you know because if you can conjure up something you know through you know a spirit box or whatever it is you can probably conjure up something like that you know or the Delachusa, or if it if it is if it is out there, and you can call it maybe the Chupacabra. Maybe maybe there are certain things that you got to do to to attract that, and that's really really where where I really want to go and end up towards you know towards all of this is is going into that folklore, and going into that stuff, you know, um, La Santa Muerte and stuff like that. I mean, I started doing some research on it too, and you know, um, it gets a little bit crazy when you start doing research on that because it's uh it's more religious than anything else you know so it's not really a folklore it's 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 a, it's a religion that you're, you're you're studying on when it comes to that part you know so there's a lot of different things that go into that aspect as well so i mean it's pretty pretty complicated but you know and that's just something i want to start researching and getting more into is that one of those things that seems to be kind of almost like a remnant of like the religious beliefs before uh, Mexico got before it got infiltrated by Christianity? Because a lot of the time when it comes to like like Mexican folklore and Mexican like uh, religion, it seems like there's like the the main Christian component to it, but they're still trying to work and still do their original uh, like pagan or whatever you want to call them beliefs or folklore beliefs kind of like hidden within that. So that one being said, is that one of those ones that kind of just kind of was originally a Mexican folklore and it kind of got transitioned into the religion just so that they would still be yeah. able to work with it and still be able to have it be a key component, yeah. but kind of hide it under the surface. Yeah. Cause it's weird. Cause how, how the images, I mean, the images, I mean, if you were to take away all the negative stuff, you really, you literally have an image of Mary, you know, the way, the way it looks and everything like that is literally, <laughs> it's almost like the angel version and the demon version of it. And they're birth virtually identical, but you know, the aspect of that, I mean, it came about uh, the first time I heard about it was it came about from drug dealers. Drug dealers were uh, wanting safe passage and all those other stuff. So they started praying to, uh, which is death. And then death slowly became Santa Muerte, which is the, the death saint, you know? So, that transition to like a whole different type of religion. And the next thing you know, it, it, it actually became a religion, you know, and everybody would pray for it, but you would have to do like certain rituals and all this other stuff. And there's people that uh, in Mexico, um, they would actually 
I think they carry some type of cross on their back and walk miles on their knees to get to the altar, you know, on ground, you know, and they're, that's part of like what they actually do, you know, for, to show the Santa Muerte, you know, what their, their love for it, so to speak. And, and, you know, their dedication to it. So, you know, that's, it gets a little bit complicated after that because then, you know, you start looking into different aspects of it. And then there's some people who do like blood sacrifices to it and all those other stuff. So, you know, just like any religion, they have like it's positive stuff and it's negative stuff, but it's, it gets a little bit more complicated because even, you know, the biggest components of that is, you know, the Mexican cartels. And those are the ones that kind of more are combined with it are associated with that, you know? So, just, I'm being very careful on where I'm. <laughs> I'm treading along those lines because I really don't want to get involved with the cartel or anything <laughs> like that. Thing. You know, so even though I've dealt with a case, I kind of had to deal with one. But you know, we 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 solved that problem too. <laughs> yeah, safety comes first before anything, of course. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure, for sure, definitely. But uh, starting to wrap up towards the end of the show, of course, and we'd love to have you back on to get more so into the like, paranormal aspect, um, your future mm-hmm. project that you're working on, and this uh, Mexican folklore stuff that you're working on. So there's a lot of awesome stuff that we can do in the future. So we'd love to have you come back on for all of that stuff in the future. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, a lot of the stuff that we're working on, I mean, right now, I mean, I literally, we signed like three NDAs just because of the projects. You know, um, a lot of the stuff, you know, we like to keep under wraps and make sure that whatever we're working on is going to be new to the field that we're working in. So that way, you know, it, it, it shines a light on, on a whole different aspect of what research goes, investigations go and all that other stuff that comes into it. You know, cause a lot of, I just kind of feel like a lot of the uh, people in this field just don't really take the time to really figure out what's really going on, you know? Mm-hmm. So, we're bringing in, I can tell you right now, we're bringing in people who work, work with NASA, who work with, you know, counseling and all that, that the backgrounds that you, that we just don't think about, you know, to bring in. So we're bringing in these, these people so that way we can have the best research possible and actually try to get some different answers more than just, yeah, it's just haunted because there's a camp here full of Indians, you know, whatever it may be, but you know, we we're we're, we're stretching out and, and like I said, it, this may be a prelude to leaving the paranormal in general. But, you know, when I say that, I don't want to say like, oh, yeah, we're done with investigating locations. We're still there to help people regardless. But <clears throat> our research, our documentaries and stuff like that, that we're going to try to produce and get produced and, and put out there is going to be something totally different. You know, so and that's what well, I can't wait to hear how all that plays out. I mean, that sounds so interesting to me. And I think. I've learned a whole lot tonight. I mean, this was an aspect of the paranormal that I knew next to nothing about. So thank you for coming on and sharing all this and, um, you know, teaching me something. And I'm sure you taught a lot of our listeners a lot tonight. So thank you so much. I'm not a problem. And thank you guys for having me on. And uh, for anybody that wants to dig into your work, uh, why don't you let them know where they can come and find you at? So you can find me mostly on Facebook at Dark Explorers Paranormal. Um, if you want to actually do video see our video evidence it's also on youtube on dark explorers paranormal on youtube um we don't have like a big uh files on there meaning like all of our stuff is like skits you know so you'll see straight to the evidence of what we're gathering instead of sitting there for like 15 20 minutes i'm like oh, i wonder what they're doing 
we're kind of showing you what we're picking up right then and there. Um, a lot of it has to do with our residential cases and what we have. Um, even that weird one that I forgot to bring up, and it does have to do with aliens. Um, but I can tell you a quick story before we end that on the on that one. But yeah, Facebook Dark Explorers, YouTube Dark Explorers. Um, that's that's the main ones that you can find me on. Awesome. Yeah, and we definitely love to uh, hear that story before we get out of here too. If you yeah, if you're willing sure. to share it. <laughs> yeah. So like um, this was a residential case. So we were in Round Rock, uh, Round Rock, Texas, and we we're pretty much there just to figure out what's going on. Uh, I take, I end up in the room, in a bedroom with myself. So I have the spirit box going on. And Ness is going, I'm just sitting there. Um, I'm taking notes. I'm not, at this point, I'm not really asking anything. And then out of nowhere, it goes, I have a secret. And I'm like, what's your secret? And it just says, no, don't. And I'm like, I'm like, what are you guys talking about? What are you talking about? And then he goes, I, the earth is fake. I'm like, what? And I'm like, the earth is fake. <laughs> I'm like, I walked away. I got out of there and I was just like, what in the world does that have to do with anything? And I'm like, okay, so am I, am I, am I hearing something that's like maybe alien? Am I, am I, did I tap into something that I'm not supposed to listen to or whatever it is? But yeah, that was like the weirdest, the most odd EVP I ever got. And, and it was actually in real time. And I played it back and you could hear, I got a secret. The earth is fake. And I'm just like, the fuck? <laughs> so, so you tapped into some kind of alien I, radio waves there. <laughs> I don't know. I tapped into something. And I was just like, <laughs> that's like my first one that I ever got. That was just like, what in the world did I just listen to? Like, It's, it's on my TikTok too. Um, it's under uh, John John Photos on TikTok. Yeah, the scroll all the way down because it's one of my earliest ones. But yeah, that was like that was like the weirdest one I ever got. I think that's kind of the thing about spirit boxes and whatnot is you can open that door, but it seems to me like you really have no control over what walks through that door once you open yeah, it. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> yeah, because you're, you're trying to sit there and get answers and somebody's trying to tell you the earth is fake. And I'm like, what in the world? <laughs> 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 that almost makes you wonder if uh, like the paranormal realm, obviously it's like a realm outside of our realm, but it makes you wonder like how far outside of our realm it might be where they might have some type of like overall view of the realm that we're currently living in, where they would be able to look at it from a farther back macro perspective and be like, yep, that's a simulation or yep, that's a, that's a Petri dish or whatever you want to view it as. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know we're fixing the end here, but I mean, that kind of goes to what I, what we were talking about earlier for, I think they're all one in the same. You know, and it, they're just they're just messing with us some way somehow, and they're just like, "This is what happens when I do this button." And, they push <laughs> <that> button. <laughs> and, and then we all start going crazy. You know, so like, <laughs> I've made this joke a bunch of times, but there could be all the same thing outside of our realm of existence, and just like playing a video game, they pick different skins and they come in and just play the game and then leave, and then that could explain <laughs> yeah. why stuff will just happen, weird phenomenon yeah. that it just disappears. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty much, we we left. Uh, we left the end of last year thinking that this year was going to be worse than, you know, just because the amount of cases that we got and the type of cases that we got. And there was a couple of things that we picked up on that had to do with like Egyptian God names and stuff like that through some of these cases that we were dealing with. Um, and then all of a sudden they found, you know, Horus, you know, and all this other stuff coming up that they found in Egypt and we're like, Oh shit. So um, we're thinking like, there's, I'm thinking she may not agree with me, but she's not here to back her, have her own story. But 
I kind of think that there's going to be something that's going to happen that is going to greatly impact us, you know, and that's, and that's just my perspective on things because the way things are looking now doesn't look too good, you know, and I just think the amount of cases and the amount of activity, the activity that is going on, there's something big on the horizon that is coming, you know, and I don't think, I personally don't think that we're going to be prepared for that. I feel like it's one of those things where the door has been cracked for a while and stuff's been slipping through, but there's so much pressure behind that door that it's just a matter of time before that door bursts open and everything comes flying out of it. Yeah, pretty much. That's what I think. That's what's going to happen. Wrapping it up here. (laughs) Thanks again for uh, coming on. This has been an awesome conversation and uh, I'm glad that we kind of threw this a little bit at the end because now we kind of have something to give the listeners to look forward to on the next one that we can dive a little bit deeper into it. So, Oh yeah, we'll have we'll have plenty of information by then. <laughs> if there's a topic you guys want us to discuss or a guest you want us to potentially talk to, please uh, reach out to us, shoot us a message, or send us an email, and we'll do our best to cover those topics and talk to those guests. You guys can contact us by emailing us at bizarreencounters at outlook.com. And that's spelled B-I-Z-A-R-R-E because I know it's spelled multiple ways. So just to make sure you guys are spelling it right and it's going to the right email. Uh, You guys can also shoot us a message on Instagram, which is probably the most active thing that I'm on. So that's probably your best bet. And then your third option is that you can go to the link tree and up at the top, there's a submission form that'll go directly to our email and then we'll respond back to you as fast as we possibly can. Like I referenced in the beginning of the show, more often than not, it seems like our stuff goes to the spam or the junk folder. So we respond back to every single thing that we get. So just keep an eye out there and make sure that our message doesn't get lost. And uh, everything that we've mentioned, like I said, all available on the link tree. That's L-I-N-K-T-R period E-E slash Bizarre Encounters. Um, And also you can go down to the show description and click the link and follow the trail that way. But I've been Shane. And I'm Oren. Keep it bizarre, my friends. Bizarre. Bizarre.